Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm happy to welcome Courtney Sedlak, Director of Medical Management at Meridian for the Long-Term Care Program. Welcome to the podcast, Courtney. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to share information on our long-term care team and the work we do with our members. And I'm excited to have you because we're talking about long-term care here at IMHIP in the fourth quarter. And there's so much great work to talk about. And I think let's just kick off there, Courtney. Can you sort of give us an overview of what you're doing at Meridian in the long-term care space? Yeah, sure. So I think it's really important to understand um, the case managers assigned to long-term care first. So just provide a little oversight as to what our team looks like and how we interact with those members um, so that I could go a little bit more in depth about the projects we're working on. Um, So we have a long-term care Uh, case management team that is devoted strictly to members in long-term care, uh, which is really great because there's a lot of complexities. They can be medically challenging. And it's not only building relationships a lot of times with the long-term care um, members, we're also building relationships with the nurses, the social workers, families. Um, So we're really integrating the entire care plan. Um, Additionally, this this team is field-based, which is really exciting. Um, We get to see these members face-to-face, engage with them and collaborate um, with the member and their providers. And it's it's really um, beneficial having that face-to-face interaction and getting to see those those long-term care residents. And honestly, I feel like they really enjoy having visitors um, and, and, you know, their case managers coming to see them. Um, So that's kind of how our team is, is built and what we look like. Um, our team stretches from the very tip of Southern Illinois all the way up to Northern Illinois. Um, so we have field-based care managers for long-term care across the state. Um, and the other thing that we do that I think is really, really beneficial is we assign one person to a facility. So the facility does not have five care coordinators coming in, trying to build relationships with them. Um, I think by assigning one person to a facility, that one person can build the relationship with that facility, collaborate with them a little bit easier. Um, you know, the facility may have issues they run into and then call that care coordinator and we can work to resolve that. So that's something that we do that's a little different um, that I think really allows us to build relationships not only with that member, but their care team, which is really, really exciting. Um, So as I mentioned before, our care coordinators work with the members and their chosen team. We're completing assessments, building care plans. Um, We also have a subset to our care coordinator team um, for long-term care that um, consists of clinician staff, and there are clinician transition staff. So um, those staff are working on identifying members that want to go back to the community, Um, And really using that clinical knowledge to make sure we can set up safe discharges. So we're doing a lot of very exciting things in long-term care. Um, We are finally getting back out into the field, obviously, with COVID. We had a little bit of time we spent telephonically, um, but we are excited to be face-to-face with our members again and interacting in person. Um, But that is a little bit of um, oversight about our care coordination long-term care team. I love that. And Courtney, like so much uh, that you just walked through, I think is so critical. But what I, what just stuck out was that 
you're excited to be back in the field, right? Like we all know, we, you know, I, so many people pivoted, you know, to sort of virtual work, whatever that looks like. And for care coordination, you know, it's sort of telephonic, especially I, I suspect with seniors, but that's not your preference. You want to see these members. And I love that your care coordinators are excited to be back in the field and to be back in these facilities, meeting with members, talking to them about their wants, their goals, you know, the clinicians working to transition them back into the community. Because I think that really counters what people assume health plan care coordination looks like. Yeah, you know, COVID was a huge challenge for us. Um, You know, I think we heard pretty consistently, not only with long-term care, but the isolation was a huge challenge for people. And when we're talking specifically about long-term care, the isolation was was a real impact to their lives. I mean, they were on lockdown. People weren't allowed to come in. They were um, isolated to their rooms due to COVID outbreaks. So I really felt like this population needed the return to the field. Um, And our care coordinators are so excited because we've spent... Uh, a length of time where we haven't had that face-to-face interaction, which is very normal for us. Uh, we did do some pilots with some tablets being sent to facilities, but it, you know, it's not the same. Getting to interact face-to-face is definitely the way to go. And the feedback we're getting is that those members are excited to have us back um, in person. And there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are hard to capture, even when you're speaking to somebody telephonically. Um, it, it just does not substitute that face-to-face interaction. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I think we all experience that, right? Like Zoom, you know, your family Thanksgiving over Zoom is just not the same as real Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I think we've experienced that, um, you know, as a society over the past two years, and we're very, very excited to sort of be beyond that you talked a little bit about that community transitions program, and I love that you have clinicians that are doing it. Can you talk a little bit more about sort of the program priorities at Meridian and sort of what you're doing in that space or, or other spaces to sort of help us think through not only what does your care coordination team look like, but what does this programmatically mean, you know, for Medicaid members? Yeah, so I am very excited to talk about the community transition program. So um, you may have to cut me off because this is like, this is my baby. We developed this in 2021. We started out initially with the Medicaid uh, members. And then in 2022, we went live with Medicare. So what does community transitions mean? Um, It's really identifying those members that are in a long-term care setting that have a desire to be in the community. Um, You know, it's very common that we may find uh, members who go to the hospital um, who may, for example, be homeless, but um, have comorbidities. So they're transitioned to a long-term care discharge, but that's not where they want to be. And really they can be independent in the community. So it's really about improving their quality of life and and trying to determine is truly long-term care a good fit for them. Um, So this program has evolved quite a bit since 2022. Um, This year alone, we've already transitioned um, over 50 members. I believe we're at 55 members um, from a nursing home back into the community. Um, And the process is very detailed because we wanna make sure that these transitions are safe. So there are many steps we're taking. One I mentioned was we're having clinicians review the cases to make sure high level does this person um, fit the, the scope of what we would consider for a community transition, you know, are they um, independent? Can they ambulate? Are they bed bound? Like, let's take a high level look and identify what's going on with this member. Um, and then we collaborate with all of their support. So we're touching base with the providers to get history, 
um, medications they're on, um, upcoming tests, uh, lab notes, all of those pieces. Um, and then we're looking at that that information we receive and, and really delving into working with the member to say, okay, here's your transition plan. Where do you want to go live? Um, you know, if you want to go to the community, but you may need some help as an assisted living facility, more fitting. Um, so it's really driven by the member and we're here to assist and help them meet their discharge goals. Um, so we have transitioned, like I said, over 50 members, um, this year alone, last year in 2021, we transitioned over 40. Um, so, you know, in, two years, we've just about hit 100 transitions out of a nursing home back into the community. Um, and, you know, this program is going to continue to, gr to grow. It's not going to stop. Um, this is something that is extremely beneficial. I think sometimes we just assume that, you know, they're in a long-term care facility, they're safe, their needs are being met, but what about their quality of health, right? Um, it may not be a good fit for them. They may be there and want to discharge and be in the community and live a fulfilling life with, um, you know, their community support. So, um, you know, while the clinical need is, is very important, so are those social determinants. So um, this team is clinical, but we're also helping them locate the housing. We're helping them find furniture. We're setting them up with waiver services if they need it. We're helping them with first month's groceries, those kinds of things. So um, it is a very well-rounded program that I could speak on for so long because it's amazing work. Um, you know, the feedback we get from these members is so rewarding when um, we're, we're talking to them and they just don't think it's an option for them to go home and we're able to work with them and get them into their own apartment, um, the joy and just the, the, the overall positive uh, feedback we're getting, it's, it's really, really rewarding. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, honestly, I got chills just thinking about this member who thinks they can't go home. And there you have a care coordinator sitting down with them saying, yes, you, we will work together and figure out a plan. I will help you get back home. And then you do it. Um, and, and I'm thinking like, you know, 40 members in 2021, what a challenging year to transition 40 members. I mean, that, you know, still, you know, face-to-face -face was complicated and it just, you know, everything else. And now you're already at 50. Um, and, and I'm just so excited to see where this program is going to go because it's so critical. You know, here in Illinois, we do have, um, as a state, more members in long-term care than you see in other states. Um, members that could perhaps be in the community that want to be in the community. And obviously there's always a place for long-term care. Nursing homes are our partner. They're part of the continuum of care. We know they exist and they exist for, you know, two reasons. One of which of course is just, you know, that, that sort of rehab perspective of somebody's broken a hip or somebody, you know, for a temporary time frame where they, they need to be stabilized and then they can return home. And then, you know, that skilled perspective, but then of course there's that, cause you know, long-term care perspective as well, where, where somebody needs to live there um, and receive 24 hour care for a myriad of health reasons. But if somebody is there and they don't want to be, and we can get them back into the community you're just improving their quality of life exponentially, not necessarily because that nursing home isn't a lovely place, but if somebody doesn't want to be there, it's not the right place for them. A hundred percent. And I think that is the biggest piece for us. Um, you know, yes, it's a win that they're getting out of the facility. Um, and it's a win that, 
you know, we're putting them in an appropriate level of care. But for me, the biggest win is this member is now driving their own health care. They're able to make decisions and they're able to be involved in their health care, which I feel like, you know, long-term care is, is very much meant to be there to help them and support them. Um, but when you're out on your own, it's, it's a, it's a different feeling. So, um, you know, we're driving them to take charge of their health care, um, make decisions, make safe decisions, remain um, compliant and adherent with their um, treatment plans and really drive their health care. We're empowering them to improve not only their health care, but their quality of life. Um, we, you know, as I mentioned, we've worked alongside members who thought it was impossible to transition and thought that they would be in a long-term care for the rest of their life. Um, but by providing them the, uh, you know, appropriate resources and the tools, um, we're able to, to work alongside them um, and making that change and helping them succeed. Um, I mean, there is no greater feeling than seeing a member become independent and obtaining their desired goals. I mean, that's the purpose of care coordination and um, really driving these members to be self-sufficient and give them tools and resources. Um, you know, we should not be driving their healthcare decisions. Um, that is that member's choice and right. Um, and, you know, we're always looking at opportunities for improvement. Um, you know, this is overall a newer program to um, the MCOs. Um, and we definitely are learning, adapting, and navigating this experience as we move forward. Um, you know, we're about a year and a half in, um, and we are constantly looking at how do we improve. So one area we're looking at currently right now is how do we ensure that these um, are successful? So yes, that's great. We've transitioned this member, but how do we take all of this work that we put into ensuring this safe transition and make sure that it the member has the resources to stay safe and is successful. Um, so right now we're really digging into that post-transition period, um, more specifically that six months, because it's a really critical time frame. They're, they're getting on their feet again. They're figuring out how to, to be independent um, with their health care. So, um, you know, we're looking at initiatives of how do we improve that. So um, we're looking at a pilot to potentially have medical providers, nurse practitioners follow these members in their home after transition. I mean, it's very critical those first few months, um, you know, having somebody on site that is um, has that medical clinical background and can say, okay, I see a wound. I'm looking at your wound. It looks like it's worsening since my last visit. Let's let's intervene now um, and and get you to the doctor versus, you know, not seeing that there's a wound, not having that clinical assessment and waiting two months that member is potentially in the ER and back in a nursing home. So, I mean, this is a program I'm extremely uh, proud to be a part of. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of future growth here and a lot of impact for these members in nursing homes. And I think it's not going anywhere. I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, but, but I definitely think it's a, a, a win for these members and, and for the health plan to be able to support that and, um, you know, help these members drive their health care. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad we talked about how the work you're doing is I think the word you used was perfect, empowering them. Like you're empowering these members to, you know, make decisions about their own lives to improve the quality of life that they have. But then you're also supporting them because it is such a big change and there's so much that is transitioning at once and they are used to sort of that 24 seven care and sort of all of that, that um, making sure that they know you support them during the transition back into the community, but then afterwards too, because you have put in such an investment in that relationship. It's gotta be so empowering and impactful for that member to know you're not going anywhere. 
you're still there. And now you're bringing additional supports to make sure they stay there in the community as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, like we mentioned the word empowering, it is truly a wonderful feeling to see these members um, go from a level of where they're pretty much having total care provided to them to now they're completely independent, taking their medication, scheduling their appointments, setting up transportation. Um, it's almost a little shocking when you, you look back at our first couple transitions um, from where they were a year, a year ago to where they are now. Um, you know, it's not even just their health care, it's their, their quality of life. They're getting involved in community resources. They're able to get out of their house and do things. Um, so yes, it's a such a great program, and I feel like I could talk about it for hours. It's a a passion, a project that I've I've been able to take on, and you know I'm always looking to how can we make this more successful for the members, and and how can we make sure that they're getting the full benefit. What programs can we put in place to um, continue to be that resource and provide them the resources to 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 drive their healthcare and, and be independent. And your passion, Courtney, like shines through and oh my goodness, I could listen to you talk about these programs and all the work you're doing every single day because it's so clear to me and I hope it's so clear to our listeners how much you care and how much your compassion is making a difference in our state and in our communities. And I am just so glad that you took just a touch of time out of your beyond busy schedule to chat with me and really highlight the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's, it's wonderful to be able to highlight these programs, um, and what our teams are doing. It's, it's the best, uh, line of business to work in, um, say that I'm really, um, I, I have the best job in the world. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great job to show up to every morning and, and be a part of this. Absolutely. And I love that you say that you say you have the best job in the world and, Oh, I think, I, I think you just might, and you're making such a difference and we're so grateful for you. I hope our listeners feel like they've learned so much because I know that I have. And of course, to learn more about what I'm hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry. The Sam and Sam says... As always, thank you for joining us and until next time, be well and stay safe.